Hi, my name is Sam Williams, and welcome to part one of episode number 168 of May 60 Music Podcast's Millennial Throwback Machine. Hello, so first of all, I'd like to welcome all you to part one of episode number 168 of May 16 Music Podcast, Millennial Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Williams, and for those of you who are just now discovering this podcast, either on the Apple Podcast app, or in Stitcher, or in iHeartRadio, or on Google Play Music, or on Spotify, and you're wondering, so what the heck is, I'm going to give you a brief description of what the show's all about. Okay, so I'm Sam Williams, and I'm a 26-year-old songwriter slash producer, but I'm also a huge 60 music fan slash expert slash turn. Each week of this podcast, I take one song by one artist in the 60s with the show in two parts. First part, I start talking about my opinion of the song and why I think it's so good or why I think it sucks into my own personality and the range of the song, which will include the chords, melody, and lyrics. And the second part, I show dig deep into the history behind that track. And that part, I show talk about who wrote the song, who produced it, what studio the song was recorded at. Who are the session musicians in the song, whether it be the the, the 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 band members or the session players. Talk about the history behind them. Talk about the history behind the song, where they wrote the song. Producers that produced it and the label the song was released on. The peak musician song made up originally in Billboard Hot 100 charts when it first came out. In the year and month the song was released. All that is in the second part of the show. Now, before we move on this week's episode of the podcast, I wanted to let you guys know, if you guys haven't subscribed... To the premium version of my podcast, you're going to want to do that because I have two more interviews coming up. I just did uh, two. The first one was with the two guys from 1910 Freakum Company, and the second one was with Felix Cavalieri. I'm going to do part two of Felix Cavalieri this week, and I'm going to have Stan Ziska on, who is the background singer for Dion. I'm, I'm, having, I'm doing two of those interviews this week, so you're going to get two more episodes coming up for the premium subscription now. I'm still waiting to hear back from Don Derneman, but I'm hoping that will happen soon. Um, now, the Brooks Arthur interview, is, it's going to be a while before I get to talk to him because he wants to wait until April because he's filming for, for a documentary he's going to be a part of. And, you know, his wife is also going to get, you know, get surgery. So um, it's going to be a while before I get to talk to Brooks Arthur. But, um, you know, again, like four interviews right off the bat for the premium subscription are going to be a, a be of access to you. So. If you want to subscribe, what you're going to want to do is click the link in the description of this episode of this podcast, the first one, where the Supercast link. I would do that because it's a little easier than trying to subscribe through Spotify. I've had some people have some issues with that, but if you do it through Supercast, it's super easy, accessible through that. So it's 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 very easy to access the premium version of my podcast through Supercast. So just log in, create an account, username and password. You guys get the drill. You guys know the drill by now. You guys have been on the internet for a while, so you know what to do. Just create a username and password, and then you're in. And then you just select which player you want to want to you want to listen to the premium version of this podcast from, and then you're in. You got it. It's four ninety nine a month, and you get your first two months free. Now, another thing I want to up you guys update you guys on is that. Um, there's a chance that I might not have to raise a whole lot of money um, to, uh, you know, pay for the, pre- the the plan I'm paying for for this podcast for the for the free version that I that I deliver guys to you every week, um, because I'm trying to see if I can switch my plan from a yearly to a monthly and get the same discount. And if that's the case, I won't have to, you know, raise a whole lot of money, um, you know, for to do this podcast. Um, 
But I'm still I, I emailed them about it. I'm still waiting to hear back from them. I haven't heard back from them yet. So I'll keep you guys posted as soon as I hear back. But if that's the case, then I can definitely afford that, you know. It'll come out to, you know, way cheaper than paying than paying yearly. So um, you know, I'm very, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be doable for me and I'll keep, I'll be able to keep doing this podcast for a while. So, um, I just want to keep you guys informed about that. Um, but in the meantime, I'll keep putting out this podcast. I have about a month. So, but again, you know, if you want to support my podcast and help me, you know, you know, cause if I get enough subscribers, that will help me out and pay for this thing for a while, you know, cause if I get enough premium subscribers for the premium version of this podcast, that'll help me. Uh, you know, uh, you know, do the free version. So if you please go do that, go click the link in the description of this episode of this podcast if you want to do that. Also, my next music video, I am shooting that not this week, but the week after. So the week after next week, I'll be shooting my next music video for Turquoise Apricot, the song title track off the EP put out, off the EP put out last year. So it's very exciting. Um, you know, I can't. I'm I'm very excited to see what this uh this this uh this uh video is going to look like because i mean for the last music video i did i had a whole i had the whole concept and thing down you know totally and and it was so beautiful because i had this idea this concept in my head and it came to life i mean the whole plot i had in mind you know for the for the five minute movie for the music video for keeper in my back pocket that was all me and it just happened it was beautiful but this is a little different because um, the, the, the girl who shot, uh, my last shot, the video for keeper in my back pocket, she's also going to shoot this one, but she has more of an idea for what she wants to do with this music video. And which is great because I don't have a whole lot of ideas as far as what I want for this music video. It's a little bit more freeform for me. So I'm willing and able to let her sort of take their creative reins on this particular music video and have her sort of come up with something really cool for it. And that's exactly what she's doing. So um, she has a whole treatment in mind. You know, she knows exactly what I want, what she wants me to wear. And I'm very excited to do this music video because it's going to be a little different because this is kind of a different kind of song. It's a psychedelic rock song. So it's going to be quite, uh, you know, unique. So I'm very excited to do this music video and uh, I'll keep you guys posted once I have a decent rough cut of it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll send it to you guys. If you guys subscribe to the premium version of my podcast, maybe I'll send you guys a rough cut of it once it's done. I have no idea if it's going to be as quick of a turnaround as the last music video, but we'll see. Okay, so let's get started in this week's show. Okay, so... Um, last week I did the cow sills and there's a, there's a couple of things that I forgot to mention to you. Um, a little history behind the cow sills that I forgot to mention the harpist on the rain, in the park and other things that was Gene Bianco. He was the harp player on the rain, in the park and other things. And it, Jimmy Wizard also used him as a harpist on Mirage by Tommy James and Sean Dells, the same harp player. And, uh, also, you know, I want to I want to keep you keep you guys keep you guys just want you to want you guys to keep this in mind about their dad. Bud Cowsell was a Navy SEAL, but he was also a, had a serious alcohol problems, so that's why he was very abusive towards his kids, and that's why they had a lot of issues with him, and that's why he was you know very he was very unstable and pretty much a loose cannon. So he was very difficult. He was a very difficult person, um, you know, and and that's exactly why they they had issues with him. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was, it was, it was really tough on the family because their dad was such an abusive drunk who really had no control over his anger and also his, uh, alcohol consumption. So that's another reason why, you know, their, their, the family just, 
had some, you know, that's the only real issue that they had. I mean, yeah, there were some other things too, like Richard Castle not be, being a part of the group really during their glorious, you know, successful period, commercially successful period in the '60s. But still, you know, it was mainly it was mainly their dad, and uh, you know, and again, like I want to re- re- reiterate to you that they sound exactly the same now as they did, you know, 50 years ago, which is great. You know, because they sound just like they did back in the 60s, which is awesome. I mean, they sound really, really good right now. Even though it's just the three of them, Bob, Susan, and Paul, I mean, they still sound incredible. And, you know, to, to this day. So if you're, if you, if you, if you, if they're coming to your area, please go see them because they're phenomenal. They're really, really good because they're still out there, still touring and still re- doing, doing great. You know, which is kind of, which is really something to say about a 60s act because you have to think about how many acts from the 60s are not alive anymore or they're dead or they or they have health issues. I mean, it's amazing to see a lot of these 60s acts still performing and still doing great, you know, and still sounding great after all these years. It's really just amazing. Um, so uh, this week's episode is going to be about uh, a song by a songwriter that I haven't talked about in a really, really long time. Not since the first uh, episode of... The, not, one, not necessarily the first episode, but one of the first episodes of this podcast. I did a song by this songwriter, but I have not talked about him since. And he was a very very much a part of the late 60s L.A. Renaissance. And, you know, that he was he was he was in L.A. at a time when L.A. was blowing up as far as being a musical city is concerned. Right at the height of the Laurel Canyon music scene, psychedelic rock was exploding. Um, And, you know, and you had all these, you know, you know, sunshine pop of the late 50s. I mean, sorry, late 60s was also exploding, too. So he was in the middle of all of that. He was one of the most prolific, most interesting songwriters of his time and definitely one of my favorites, actually. I, I think of him in this think of him in the same caliber as Burt Backrack and Hal David and Brian Wilson. Uh, he was of the same caliber. He was just as good, if not better, than Burt Backrack, in my opinion. I think he wrote some incredible songs, and this is I mean, it's hard to pick like which one of his songs is my favorite because I love almost all of them. But this is definitely one of my favorite songs that he ever wrote. It's such a beautiful song, and it's so interesting, too, because this is one of those songs that has the weirdest song structure on the planet, but I'll get into that in a minute, but it's so beautiful and so just gorgeous. I mean, it's just an amazing song, and the chord changes are beautiful. The orchestration is amazing. I love everything about this song, and I can't wait to dive into it, dive into it with you guys. Okay, so the song was a, came out in September 1967. It's by an artist named Glenn Campbell. The name of the song is called By the Time I Get to Phoenix. By the time I get to Phoenix, she'll be rising. She'll find the note I left hanging. Wow. On Such a drop dead gorgeous song. A song that absolutely gives me the chills every single time I listen to it. I mean, even just listening to just a little bit of that. I mean, it just it just gives me the absolute chills hearing that song. It's so beautiful and so just unbelievably just oh god. Listening to this song is like watching a, is like watching a 
beautiful painting and just seeing it with your own eyes. And today we're going to talk about what makes a song so great, both musically and lyrically. But first, let's get into the song's music. Okay, so the beauty of the song's music, aside from the absolutely amazing chord changes that are being used in the song, I mean, the song is all my favorite chords and all those major seven and minor seven chords. Oh my God. Just hearing those is just so amazing. Like hearing the opening F major seven to the to the to the G minor seven, just hearing the interplay between the G minor seven and the F major seven, and just hearing like even even the four chord in the song sounds incredible. The B flat going to the to the to the, to the three, and then and then sorry to the two D minor, and then to the three, you know A minor, and then to the six. Oh God. It's just an amazing song. I mean, even like, I, I don't know why, but I never heard a flat seven chord sound so beautiful in this song other than in this one. I mean, from the from the minor two sevens to the flat seven in this song, from G minor seven to uh, to E flat major, it's just amazing. I mean, even that resolution back to the to the to the five is just gorgeous. I love that. It's such an um, the song is just has some of the most beautiful chord changes of all time, and you know and I love this is definitely my favorite part of the song right because you hear the song kind of go through the cycle right and at the very end it does something kind of surprising because it just instead of going to the flat seven it goes back to the one major seven and then to the to the six minor and then to the, to the two minor seven again. Uh, from you know it goes from two minor seven to the to the one major seven back to F and then D minor and then the six and then it goes to two minor and then it goes to a a beautiful chord just gorgeous that the um it goes to the to the A major which is just an amazing amazing change because this is what happens when it goes from the G minor to the the A major it it sounds like it's gonna go to D minor right. Because that is, it's a very, it's a very sort of secondary dominant kind of change. Because you got the, you got the two major, right? Actually, the three major. Sorry, um, from G minor to to the A major, the three, the three major, right? And you think you're gonna go to D minor, but instead you go to D major, and then you're in a different key. Holy shit! I love that so much. That surprise key change at the end, where it goes from. F major to D major is just amazing. I love that where it goes and it uses that A major sort of the the chord that leads into uh, D, the key change of D major. That's just amazing. It's just an interesting key change too because you're not going up a half step or up a whole step. You're just going to a completely different key, and he stays in the same range too. But that's just amazing. I love that. And also, you know, pr- some of the most beautiful parts of the song are first of all the strings. The, the 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 arrangement the, the arrangement of the song is just amazing. The string the string chart is just unbelievable. The, I mean those strings sound so beautiful and they sound so weepy. But another gr- beautiful part about this song and I love it so much is the flute too. The flute I mean oh my god that's that that's part of the song gives me the total it gives me the absolute chills hearing that flute along with those strings that high end on this record is just amazing. It's just so. So, oh man, it's just I get I get I almost get like a musical orgasm every time I hear this song. It's so beautiful, and the the the, the guitar is great too. I love the the you know the the acoustic guitar in this song. 
it's just an amazing, amazing record. And it's just beautiful from, from start to finish. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. And also it's not really heavy on the bass. I mean, they're probably, they're probably, there's probably a six string bass on this song and the drums are very relaxed. I don't, I don't even hear the snares on this record at all. It's just, there's no, there's hardly any drumming on the song at all. It's probably just like very, 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 very light drumming on the song. Nothing too crazy. Just very, very light drumming. But it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. And it's just, it's just gorgeous. Everything about it is just amazing. I love, love this record. And uh, let's talk about what makes this song go so good lyrically now. Because it kind of actually ties in on what the next thing I want to talk about with this song. So yeah, that ending where it goes, you know, goes to D major and then it goes to flat to go flat seven and D to from C. It's just oh my god, it's so beautiful. I love that. Um so let's talk about what makes this song so great lyrically now. Because this is this is why I this is one of the main reasons why I love 60s music so much. Because when you listen to the song, right, the thing that makes it so amazing is just because it, the song has the weirdest song structure on the planet. There's no verses. There's no choruses. There's no pre-chorus. It, the song, the song isn't verse, pre-chorus, chorus. The song isn't a. It's not even a b a. It's just three verses, and that's it. But here's the thing that makes a song so interesting lyrically, is that even though the song doesn't have a chorus, there's no bridge. It's just three verses. What makes a song so beautiful is the fact that even is that there is somewhat of a structure going on here, even though there's no verse pre-chorus chorus. Because if you notice this, each verse starts out the same but ends different. So the setup for each verse is exactly the same, but the ending of each verse is different. So each verse starts with by the time I get to fill in the blank. So every verse starts out with by the time I get to fill in the blank, but after he gets by the time I get to each verse is different. The first verse is by the time I get to Phoenix. Second verse is by the time I get to Albuquerque. By the time in the third verse, by the time I get to Oklahoma. But each verse is after that is different, you know, because that's such an interesting progression. Because it's 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 you kind of the each city represents a staple a staple in his journey because he's going somewhere and he starts out in Phoenix. And then he goes to Albuquerque, and then he goes to Oklahoma. So he starts out in Arizona, and then he goes to New Mexico, and then he ends in and he ends his journey in Oklahoma. So each verse represents a period in his journey and in this stage of his life, which is just gorgeous. I love that. So there is somewhat of a structure going on here, even though it's just three verses and that's it. But even that, I mean, I love songs that have weird song structures that just don't deviate from the ver standard verse, pre-chorus, chorus. I mean, this song has the weirdest song structure in the planet, but I love, love songs that have weird song structures. And that's the beauty of music from the 60s. So many of these songs had the weirdest song structures ever, but that's what makes them so good because they're so unique. They're not just standard verse, pre-chorus, chorus songs. A lot of these songs have just the weirdest song structures, and this is a great example of a song that has a weird song structure, you know, but it's just beautiful. I mean, um, the other thing I want, I want, I want you to want to talk about here is the lyrics, because this is, this is, a, this is kind of, this is a breakup song, but it's the, what I love about this song so much is the fact that it's a breakup song of its time period. It's a, it's a breakup song of the sixties. And there's a couple things that make it sound like that. 
And the reason why this song is a breakup song of its time is because the first verse, right? By the time I get to Phoenix, she'll be rising. And then you hear the line, she'll find a note I left hanging on her door. Um, now think about that for a minute. So this is 1967. So we did not have cell phones. We did not have internet. We did not have the, the, the ability to communicate with each other instantly and directly like we do now. We either had handwritten letters or we had rotary telephones where you actually had to we actually had to go inside a telephone booth to call somebody and you had to spend like a dime in or you know to call someone or there was or you had to be home just to be able to talk to somebody on the phone um so this is at a time when we didn't really have the exact sort of you know direct communication like we do now so basically he leaves a note hanging on a door just to let her know that hey I'm gone I'm not here anymore and that's the only way they could do that back then and, you know, and there's something and the, the beauty of the song is just, you know, how he knows that she's going to be so upset when she finds out that he left her. But he, you know, but the thing is, is that he, he he's tried to tell her that, hey, I'm going to leave you before. But she didn't quite understand it. She didn't quite get it. You know, he she he, he tried to tell her, hey, I'm going to I'm going to leave you soon. I can't stick around anymore. But she didn't quite. She, she that didn't go she, she didn't quite get it she she kind of kind of went through one ear and right out the other for her so it, it's just you know it's one of those things where it's like he didn't she didn't quite get it and it's just it's just beautiful i love and also like also just to give you another example why the song is a, is a breakup song of its time you know in the in, in the second verse when he says by the time I make albuquerque she'll be working and then she'll stop at her lunch and she'll she'll give me a call and then she, she when she gives when she gives him a call she hears the phone keep ringing now if you don't know what she's talking about i'm going to explain something to you just in case you're from you know today's time period and you weren't alive back in the 60s um, back then we didn't have cell phones there were no internet but the other thing we didn't have back then that we have right now is voicemail Yes, voicemail did not exist back in the 60s or 70s. So when you called somebody in the 60s or 70s and you were, let's just say you were you were home and you were able to make a call or you were out and about and you were in a phone booth or you were you were able to find a phone booth and you had change in your pocket and you and you were and you found one that was available nobody was in it and you decided to want to give somebody a call um you know back then we didn't have the technology t- for 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 voicemail at the time. So if you called somebody, there are a couple of things that would happen. You either get a busy signal, or if 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 you called someone, and they wouldn't and they didn't decide, you know what, I don't want to answer the phone. If the person you called didn't decide they didn't want to pick up. You would hear the phone ring and 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 ring forever. It would not stop ringing because we didn't have voicemail back then. So the phone would just keep ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. And the only way someone would have stopped the phone from ringing is if the other person decided to pick up the phone and then put it back on its little stand where the phone would sit on. So that's the only way they could stop a phone from ringing. But other than that, it would just keep ringing, ringing, and ringing. And, you know, this is th- th- we didn't have answering machines back then. So, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, if you called somebody, the phone would just keep ringing, ringing, ringing if they decide not to pick up. 
I mean, also at the time, if someone else picked up the phone, but that not the person you wanted to talk to, back then someone had to write physically write down your message on a on a piece of paper, so that way they can give it to them and they could call them back. But this is before we had um, answering machines. So when you listen to that lyric, just keep in mind this is in the 1960s before we had modern technology, before we had voicemail. So literally. You know, this guy calls this girl and the and the phone just keeps ringing, ringing because or sorry, literally this girl calls this guy and, and the phone keeps ringing, ringing. So basically what that means is that she he knows that she's going to try to call him, but he's not going to answer when she calls, you know, and that's basically what that lyric means. You know, so the, the phone just is just going to keep ringing, ringing, but he's not going to answer. So basically what that means is that he knows that she's going to try to call him, but he's he's not going to answer and he's going to ignore her. So that there's something, you know, just I mean, even even the third verse, right, where she's where he knows that she'll she'll be she'll be sleeping and, you know, he'll he'll she'll call his name while she's tossing and turning and. You know, she, you know, she'll, she, he knows that she's going to be sad when this, when, when that, that, that he decided to leave her, um, you know, even though he gave her several warnings about it, but the girl kind of ignored him. I mean, there's just, there's just, it's just a painfully beautiful song with very sad lyrics, but I mean, it's not something I can relate to because I've never been through a breakup, so I never been in this position before, but maybe you have. I mean, nowadays it would be different because, but it's almost the same as, you know, leaving your ex and then deciding to block them from all forms of contact, meaning like don't like literally block them off of Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you know, block their number, like just literally block all forms of contact with them and leave them. It's the same kind of idea you know, if we were to do that in today's world versus back then, all he had to do was just leave her and just leave a note on her door, write a note and leave it on her door saying, hey, I'm leaving. And then it was you know, the thing is, is that back then it was so much easier for people to just cut, cut. It was so much easier to cut ties with someone and lose contact with somebody because this was before the Internet. So you didn't really your it was slim pickings back then as far as how you how you could communicate with someone. You either had handwritten letters or you had, you know, rotary telephones. This was before we had cell phones. So it was so much easier to say goodbye to somebody, not talk to them anymore, versus now it's a little harder because now we have social media, now we have cell phones, now we have text messaging, but there was none of that existed back then. So it was very diff so it was a lot easier to just say sayonara to somebody versus now it's a lot harder. Now you almost have to block someone to really really cut ties with someone and really, you know, drop all contact with somebody. You have to block them on social media, their phone, text messaging, and never see them again. Um, but this is a lot different because back then you had in-person or, you know, handwritten letters or rotary telephones. So it was a lot easier to cut ties with somebody. And it was harder to see somebody if they didn't live in the same city as you. So, you know, you know, it's just, it was, it was back then it was a lot more about face-to-face -face interactions and you know, to be honest with you, that's kind of what I miss about you know that time, because sometimes they get so you know our world people are so oversaturated these days with, with texting and DMing and you know just that whole contacting each other, Facebook and Instagram and you know text messaging. It's just like it's just an, it's just an oversaturation of just you know digital com digital conversations, but. I, I hope that one day people will get back to talking to each other in person, 
you know, especially since we're finally, it's starting to feel like this pandemic is finally starting to subside and it's turning into an endemic. I'm hoping that more people get back together and we actually talk to each other face to face. And it's not just a digital world like it has been for the last two years during COVID. So, um, you know, I kind of want things to get back to, you know, the way that things used to be when people used to talk to each other face to face, you know, so, um, but yeah, it's a very, it's a really great song. I love, love, love this record. And it's written by one of my all time favorite songwriters. And next week I'll talk more about why, um, you know, more about the history behind the songwriter and the person who wrote, who sang it too. Cause this, the guy who sang it was a great singer, fantastic guitar player. We'll talk more about that next week. I mean, this is such a beautiful, heartbreaking song. Maybe you can relate to it, too, because maybe you try to leave your ex and she they just, they just didn't get it. They thought that you were going to stay and they weren't getting the message properly. I mean, it's just it's a beautiful song. Even if you didn't grow up in the 60s, I'm sure you'll be able to relate to it. OK, so that includes part one of episode 168. I'm a 60 music podcast and one Neil Throwback Machine. I'm Sam Limbs, and if you fell in love with this song and you thought, oh my God, this is just the most beautiful song I've ever heard, and you never heard it before and you're millennial and you want to tell me more about it, or you just want to tell me what you thought of it, please email me at samltwilly at icloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartholdies and check out more of my original music at samlimbsmusic.net. Um, please go subscribe to the premium version of this podcast because every single subscription I get will help pay I'm hoping I can switch to a monthly plan and I can get the same discounts. That way I can keep doing the free version of this podcast. I'll keep you guys posted as soon as I hear back from them. Haven't heard back from them yet, but I hope to hear back from either by uh, either next week or next month. I'm hoping it happens before April because that's when my next bill is due. Okay, so please go subscribe to the premium version of this podcast. So that's where we'll hear all the, the, the current interviews I do this for this year and for the future as well. Um. You can click the link to that in the description of this episode of this podcast. I'd recommend signing up through Supercast and through Spotify. So that way you have an easier way of accessing it. Um, you know, super easy to access. Just create account, username, password. You guys know the drill. And then you'll be able to access the premium version of this podcast through Supercast. So please go do that. And as per usual, you can check out, uh, you know, the EP you put out this year. I'm recording the next EP right now. My next recording session it's supposed to be next weekend. I'm going to redo some drum parts and lay down some bass for the songs as well. So I'll keep you guys posted when that is, um, when that is, when I, when I, when I do that. So I'm very, very excited to, you know, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, do that. I'm very, very excited to, you know, record the next EP. And you, for now, you can check out the EP put out last year. Um, you know, I'm very, you know, please go do that. Let me know what you think of that. You can do that by email me at samltwilliamicloud.com. The link down in the description of this episode of this podcast. And you can check out the two interviews I did last year with Hawk, Hawk Magazine, Shout Out LA. Hopefully I'll do more interviews coming up soon. It's been a while since I've done some, but I think I could pro- probably do for some more. Um, please, go do the, please go do that. You can do that by email me at samltwilliamicloud.com. Definitely let me know what you think of those interview articles I did. And... You can check out the the music video I put out last year, Keeper in My Back Pocket Now. I'm going to shoot the next one uh, uh, basically uh, next week, the first week of March, Turquoise Apricot. So not this week, but next week. I'm going to shoot the next uh, in music video for that song. I'm very excited to do that. But now you can check out the music video, Keeper in My Back Pocket, uh, which is a link to that in the description of this episode of this podcast. And you can also check out the uh, 
official Spotify and YouTube playlist of this podcast. Now, I haven't added the songs from the premium interview episodes yet to these playlists because I'm still debating whether or not I should start a separate playlist for those premium uh, subscription episodes. I'll let you guys know if I do that. But for now, you can check out the, uh, this this week's song and last week's too, the Cow Seals Rain the Park and other things. On those playlists, you can do And please let me know if you like the playlist and if you have any ideas for songs I should talk about next on my podcast that I haven't yet. If you do, please email those ideas to me at samltwilliamicloud.com. Or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at iheartoldies. And you can follow me on TikTok, too. I'll put the links down in the description of this, of this podcast. My TikTok username is iheartoldies. And I would love it if you guys could check out the official Rebel merch store for this podcast. As another way, you can support me uh, with this podcast, you know, financially. Um, that will help me out as well. You know, please check out the merch on there. And let me know if you have any ideas for, you know, for, for you know, if, if you would like to purchase anything from the store, please um, let me know if you'd like to, um, you know, I would appreciate it, you know, if you, if you could do that, um, you know, if, or let me know what you think of the logo and the price of each item in the store, you can do that by emailing me at cmlzwilliaicloud.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram, iheartoldies. So yeah, um, this is a really good song and I, I'm really excited to dive into the history behind uh, this one next week because it has a really interesting story behind it and I love the songs by the songwriter and I'll talk more about him next week and why I think he's one of my favorite songwriters of the 60s along with Burt Backrack and Brian Wilson, Carol Kane, all those greats. I mean, he's also really good too. And yeah, he, you know, and also this guy is pretty well known, but you may not know him if you're not a guitar player, but you know, he, he does have a pretty well known story. We'll talk more about that next week. If you're a Beach Boys fan, you definitely know who this guy is who the guy recorded the song. Anyway, so I'm Sam Williams, and thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of my podcast, The Millennial Throwback Machine. Until next week, police! Keep things groovy.